0: Up your first three months now here's your host of the fight podcast Sergio Vicente yo 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 what's going on what up what up what up and welcome to episode 78 of the fight podcast I'm your host Serge Vicente and today we have our post UFC Two thirty-four 34 and the rest of the fight weekend kind of post fight special uh, and today we're going to do something a little different, we're actually for the first time working this on IG live so you guys will actually start being able to see the entire podcast on IG live, um, at least the ones when I'm rocking it by myself man, so uh, I'm going to try to get as much content as I possibly can to you guys, but with that being said, before I get into the show. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Uh, remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. And make sure to follow me at Serge Vicente. Show you boys some love, please. Alright. Uh, remember, check us out on the website as well, the Fight Podcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share. The five podcasts is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, every place where podcasts live. All right. Yo, we had an incredible event this weekend, man. Um, UFC 234 was headlined originally. It was supposed to take place with the um UFC middleweight championship between the champ Robert Whittaker, who was on a current eight fight win streak, which is the longest active winning streak in the middleweight division against Kelvin Gastelum, the number four ranked middleweight in the division. For those of us who were here on my show last night or you guys heard our last episode, unfortunately, that fight fell through. Kelvin Gaston, I'm not Kelvin Gaston, I'm sorry. Robert Whitaker ended up pulling out of that fight because of a hernia. Um, he ended up going into emergency surgery right after that. So pretty much as soon as they found out, they found that at 10 p.m. something was wrong. He ended up having bloating, stomach issues. He thought it might have had something to do with his weight cut. At 2 o'clock in the morning, they said he was throwing up uh, uncontrollably, and they ended up having to take him to the hospital. He was finally admitted around 5 o'clock in the morning, and even right before his surgery, he was trying to still fight. So look, man, um, I really went in depth about that in episode 77 of the Fight Podcast, but and I don't want to get into that as much because I really want to focus on what actually did happen and who actually showed up to work. That's what I want to talk about, man. So, again, all of my thoughts and prayers go out to um to Robert Whittaker and um I will talk about him and his opponent in a little bit. But yeah, the people's main event. The people's main event was Israel the last style bender against which a lot of us believe or is the goat. Anderson Silva and um I'm not gonna lie man this fight in my personal opinion exceeded all expectations I'll be the first to admit when I first heard of this fight I was one of the first people that said yo why the hell would you make this fight happen why would you do this I don't get it um you have Anderson Silva, who has not got an actual victory since 2012? He hasn't got a W since 2012. And and yes, he did beat Derek Brunson, but we're talking about something that happened. Derek Brunson's victory that he that Anderson received, and that was two years ago. That was February of 2017. He actually did defeat um Derrick Brunson, but look. Everybody, even up to Joe Rogan, said that they believe that Anderson Silva lost that fight. And look, I'm going to be the first one to say, if Joe Rogan looks at you and says, yo, I don't think you won, I don't know if there's anybody that's actually watched any more combat sports events than Joe Rogan. Yo, I believed in Joe. In Joe we trust. So if that's what actually happened... And that's how we feel. And again, all of us who actually watched the fight, I think Anderson really is one win. And well, his record in the last six is one in five. So when we look at this, somebody who was one in five going up against an up-and-coming star, a shooting star, so to speak, and um, in Israel Adesanya, four-fight winning streak in the UFC against legitimate competition. He competed against two Huge prospects, and then Brad Tavares, top ten, no slouch. Nobody walks through Brad Tavares. Um, and then you have uh, Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson has been in there with the best of the best, Anderson Silva. He beat Lyoto Machida. He's been in there with every Yoel Romero. Yo, he was actually beating Yoel Romero until Yoel did Yoel and knocked him dead. But Still, he went out there and actually worked, and, and he's, he's one of the best guys out there. And Style Bender just completely ran through, dude. So, looking at the numbers, looking at what Anderson has done over the last five years, knowing that he's been out because of PDs and everything else, I was like, bro, why would you even make this fight? This seems like a one-sided ass whooping. I knew it. I absolutely knew he was 100% just going to go ahead and run through, buddy. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. So check it out. Um, the main event, this card, let me go ahead and jump into it. This car was headlined in Melbourne, Australia. Um, yo, Melbourne is the place. And let's not forget, Australia shows up, yo. Australia absolutely shows up. Uh, Melbourne is the biggest gate ever in UFC history. That was when uh, Holly Holm completely kicked Ronda Rousey's face off. And um, we were able to pretty much see and experience that, right? It was great. Um, they show up. They're huge fight fans. And here's the thing, man. People think about Australia and New Zealand and we forget, yo, some of the best fighters in the world some of the best fighters in history have come out of uh, that area. So people really from that area appreciate combat sports. They appreciate boxing. They appreciate kickboxing. They appreciate MMA. So it is not surprising that they come out in droves when it's um, when they actually have something there. So. The moment that these athletes actually walked out, both of them, the crowd went absolutely bananas, man. Um, Anderson Silva, regardless on his record, regardless on what has happened over the last couple of years, he's a legend in the game. He is a star. And... You can tell when he walked out, the crowd was so energetic. They were jumping around. You can barely hear the announcers. You can barely hear John Attic, um when they were trying to talk over the crowd noise. Um, I'm not going to lie. The moment I watched Anderson come out. Fam, I had butterflies in my stomach that kid, like they were, they were at my chin. Um, I was so nervous. And and honestly, I don't even get nervous watching fights anymore. But watching Anderson come out and then watching Israel Adesanya come out, watching the crowd's reaction, not only watching the crowd's reaction, um, when they actually were in the cage with one another. The energy in the arena the energy at the bar that i was at everything was was thick like the tension was thick if I, like people say the tension was so thick you could feel you can cut it yo it was super thick and it's it's um it was it was like buttercream thick i don't know it was super thick and and people were excited and and the crowd was going crazy because this is still Anderson Silva. This is still the GOAT. This is still the man. And, um, and this is the guy that all of us who have been involved in the sport, who have watched the sport for years, this is the dude that we grew up idolizing. When I first started competing, I was like, yo, I would love to move like Anderson. Dude was like a video game. And this is what made this fight so special. It made it special because I get the same feeling watching Israel Adesanya. I first started watching Israel Adesanya four years ago or so at this point. He was just kickboxing at the time. But when you watched him compete, you can tell, yo, this dude is somebody special. So let me go ahead and jump into the fight. I know I'm all over the place with it, but watching him compete. Watching him go out there. And... um, So again, the fight kicks off. There's absolutely a feeling out process. We know Anderson to start off slow. But... We never know what exactly is going to happen. Every strike... The crowd reacted. Every miss... The crowd reacted even more. Um, and 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 let me just go ahead and jump into each round round by round. Um, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I scored this fight 30-27 for Israel Adesanya. Okay. Um, some people gave the second round to Anderson Silva. And look, I'm not mad. I I kind of get it right I can kind of understand to an extent and let me give you guys a little bit of numbers for those rounds round by round numbers uh first round the first round um Israel Adesanya lands 20 strikes Anderson who a lot of us already know starts off super slow only landed six second round both fighters land 20 shots apiece last round Israel Adesanya lands 25 strikes to Anderson's only five strikes, okay? So we kind of ran away with it. And, um, but, dude. And I, I, I catch myself almost at loss for words when I'm thinking about this matchup and watching that first round. UFC President Dana White, when asked about this matchup, A asked about how he felt during the, the during the fight, he said during the first round of the fight, he felt as if he was watching a kung fu movie. And if it, it did feel like that, man, it felt like the Master fighting the student. It was like he met the big boss, right? That's what it felt like. I was felt like I was watching Kickboxer or I was watching Game of Death, and he was going, you know, fighting through Kumitang. And he finally was there against the best of the best. He was fighting his master. He was fighting his 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 the legend. And um, both men were flashy. Both men were, were, were throwing fun strikes, but, and I'm going to, again, I'm starting off in the first round, Israel Adesanya was the one landing the more important strikes, the more significant strikes, beating Anderson Silva, uh, uh, Anderson Silva's lead leg up. And granted, Anderson didn't really um, react the same way some do, but look, man, he's, he's a vet. He's an old man in the game, and he's not going to react the same way, especially when it comes to pain. So... Israel Adesanya did a fantastic job of beating up his front leg and really taking away a lot of Anderson's movements. Um, In the first round, towards the end of the round, Israel Adesanya... Stalking forward landed a huge right hook. It actually rocked Anderson Silva. You saw Anderson from a kind of drop. You saw his, him drop. You can tell he was rocked. And honestly, in that first round Anderson was rocked about twice. So 100%, you have to give that first round to Izzy, right? He gets the first round, we know it. Um, second round, Anderson was trying to be a little bit more Aggressive. He was coming forward. He was doing what Anderson does with all the hand movements and he was dancing around and um, and it made it a little bit more compelling. But if we're actually looking at the strikes that were counting. Israel was still landing by far the more significant strikes. The only thing Anderson Silva was truly landing, and he only landed two really hard ones, were some pretty solid jabs. A couple jabs that he throws from the hip that are extremely quick that actually made you realize like, yo, man, Anderson still got it. Look at the old man go. And it was super fun. And again, exciting to see third round rolls around, and I've already given you the punch stat numbers, Um, and this is why, actually, I can understand why the UFC did not want to make this a five-round fight, when it was bumped up, and this is the first non-title fight, not three-round main event in the UFC in a very long time, okay, that says a lot, so this was only a three-round fight, when most UFC events, the main event is five, That fifth round, Iggy started picking up the pace. He started landing consistently. He started landing his leg kicks. He started landing his jabs. And this is the biggest difference in the fight. And and, and again, this is the way I noticed it, right? The biggest difference was... Israel Adesanya is a far more well-rounded striker. Now, look, don't kill me because I said it. I know we have all these Anderson Silva stands. I get it. I understand you. Yes, I'm speaking blasphemy against the man. But he is. He, he utilized feints throughout the entire fight. He switched stances consistently, so the, when the, re, the way he was utilizing his feints, it consistently kept Anderson Silva off. It kept him off balance. He never knew what actually was coming. He, would, and, uh, Israel Asanya was fainting, throwing jabs to the body, fainting, throwing front kicks to the chest, fainting, actually coming with a combination. And what it really did, it really did take Anderson out of his game. He nullified Anderson Silva. And after Anderson actually got rocked in the first round, his game plan, you can tell, changed. It changed from end up being like, look, I'm going to win this fight. I'm going to do it to look, man, I think I'm in here with somebody that's more skilled than I am. He's Anderson Silvaing me. So I'm going to his game shifted to self-preservation. Uh, there was a moment in the first round at the end, uh, at the very end of the first round, Israel Adesanya threw a huge head kick, um... Anderson moved out of the way, and then you then Israel hit him with that old school, you know, uh, karate. Like, come on, he ended up waving him on, which was a real moment, man. It, it was a real moment, and it really made you believe that this is possibly, um, one of those passing of the torch moments, um, in MMA. And you can tell, you can feel that it was something special man it was really something that that was special uh, so again kind of uh jumping into it and again round by round and, and and look we and I was talking about it was only a three round fight if this fight went 5 Israel Adesanya 100% would have finished Anderson Silva he began Hitting his stride. He began getting confident. And he already downloaded. All the information that Anderson had. He knew what to expect. He felt everything that the man had to offer. And you can tell he was starting methodically breaking Anderson down. In the third round he ended up landing. Remember I already talked about the big leg kicks. He landed another huge leg kick. That actually dropped Anderson Silva. Anderson in Anderson fashion stood back up and try to make it seem like he did it not on purpose, but those who know, know, you know what I'm saying? Like those who know, really know that hurt him, that dropped him. And it was something that I was like, if this fight continues, if it does happen to go two more rounds, Israel Adesanya would have knocked out Anderson Silva. So I actually am actually really, really happy that that didn't happen. I'm happy it was three rounds because after this fight, both men's stock went way up. It went way up. They both have more fans I'm sure if I go out there and look at Israel Adesanya's IG page or whatever after this, I'm be honest with you. I'm sure he has at least 500,000 more followers um, after getting that championship rub. What I consistently talk about once you beat a former champion or a former legend in the game, you in turn take their fans. You take their fans, you take their fame, you take a little chunk of what they got. And now it's yours. And now that is what Israel Adesanya has. Everybody after the fight, you're looking at and listening to any of the commentators, any of the pre-fight, any of the post-fight people. This was even the UFC's website today. It says torch past. That's a lot, man. That says a lot. That says a whole lot, and for every every one of us to actually look at that and acknowledge what was going to happen, um, Israel Adesanya is the real deal, Um, so people are saying that, and this is something that I couldn't understand in the lead up to the fight, a lot of people kept on saying that Israel Adesanya is a counter fighter, yo, do you guys even watch his fights, Yo, for real, do you watch his fights? Because if you watch any of Israel Adesanya's fights, he's, I mean, can he counter? Of course. He's a gifted striker. Of course he can counter. But he is somebody who walks into the middle of the cage and pretty much dictates what's happened. He enforces his style, his pace on you. He forces you to fight at his pace. He makes himself comfortable he makes you uncomfortable. He did that to Anderson this fight. So, the notion that he's a, this was supposed to be Counter Striker versus Counter Striker, it's a fallacy. It's 100% a fallacy. It, it's, um, it's people who really go out there and, and don't understand the fight. And here's another thing that was driving me crazy. I had a couple individuals shoot me a line and we're talking about this fight. And they were like, oh, look at it. This is experience versus youth. No, it's not. This is experience versus experience, because if we actually look at the record, yes, Anderson Silva has competed longer. Anderson Silva's first fight, professional fight, was in 2000. Now, that's something else I have to say. Being the fact that he can compete a generation later against somebody who was ready to compete for the title now is special. And he is a special athlete, and I give all credit, all props to Anderson Silva. But we also realized during this fight, with a high-level striker, and this is for everybody who said that Anderson is a better striker. Once Anderson was actually in there with a high-level striker, his tricks did not work. Prime example, third round. Anderson Silva is trying to bait in Israel Adesanya. He is calling him, waving him on like he did Stefan Bonner. Come on, meet me right here. Israel Asanya yeah, just looked at him and was like, fam, come to the middle. We're not going to play this game. And that shows an experienced, brilliant striker. And I really do appreciate what happened with that one, man. Um, let me go ahead because we still have a lot more to jump into. Um, what's next for both fighters, right? Great fight, great win. Um, it was one of the most... Oh, and this is what I also wanted to talk about. I saw on um, on social media. You go on Twitter, and after the fight, there were so many people saying, Ah, this is a boring fight. Why does anybody like boo? Yo, for those of you who feel that way, for those of you who, who believe that that was the case, Kick rocks sideways, my guy. Kick rocks. You what you want to see is you want to see people get concussed. You want to see blood and guts. If that's what you want to see, go ahead. You can pop in the DVD. Russell Crowe is the gladiator. You can see all that. In fact, you know what? I got a better one for you. You guys can go and watch this movie. It's called Ninja Assassin. Some of my favorites It's a great time. All the blood and guts and gore you want to watch. But if you actually want to see real martial arts and if you are actually a true fan of combat sports, if you are a true fan of beauty and art and skill, we got every little bit of that in this event. I'm so proud of both men. Um, And you know what? Salute to the UFC for actually making this happen. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for making this happen. And Israel Adesanya, if you're out there, you're listening. Anderson Silva, thank you both for honestly showing us what true martial arts is, even up to the end of the fight end of the fight comes up watching the respect and the love that both men show for one another is truly what this sport is about and that is why mma is the greatest sport in the world um what's next for both guys for israel Asanya, yo it's time for that title shot baby let's give me that that's what we want that's what it is chip or nothing else it needs to be the regular chip or the interim chip. That's it. And no, people are like, well, maybe he should fight uh, Jacques Ray Souza. Maybe he should fight so and so. No, no. He either fights Kelvin Gaslam for an interim title or he fights Robert Whitaker for the real title. That is it. He's proven himself to the day. When he actually entered into the UFC, this man has won, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five, five fights in all in impressive fashion. All of them. This kid is the real deal. What to do with Anderson? Because I'm not going to stunt all of us believe that this was going to be Anderson's last fight in the UFC. We thought this was going to be it. I said he's going to get his face kicked off and then he's going to sail off into the sunset. That's what I believed was actually going to happen. Anderson proved me wrong. And I, and I can't lie. I'm I'm happy. I was happy to see that um, I was proved wrong. I was. So what's next for Anderson? And one thing that Anderson said, which I like. He said, in May, Curitiba, Brazil, which is his hometown, um, he wants to fight there. Now, he also said some BS that he wants to fight Conor McGregor. Fam, you fight at a buck 85 up to 205, Conor McGregor fights 145 to 155. That fight's not gonna happen. I know you want a paycheck before you leave, but that's not gonna be the one. Anderson, if you really wanted a super fight and really get that chop, when it was your time to get that chop, you should have fought George St. Pierre. Still a guy that he doesn't want to fight. So who should Anderson fight if it boils down to it? And that's what we end up getting to uh, in that uh, space, in that capacity. Do not give him a wrestler. Do not give him a grappler. Anderson Silva gets bored with that. And that's why we have seen everything that we have seen with him over the last five to seven years. That's why I think we got the best of Anderson Silva when he had somebody who would play that game with him. Who else will play that game with him? Who else should we hire or should we should shoot the matchmaker? If I'm gonna play matchmaker, look, Joe Silva and those guys already, and Sean Shelby already did it. This fight was already scheduled. Curitiba Brazil made Anderson Silva needs to fight. Uriah Hall, give him Uriah Hall, same type of entertaining matchup, same time of tricky striker, and honestly, that is a matchup that Anderson Silva, with his style, can actually win, so um, I, that, for me personally, that is what I believe should actually happen, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I think both men um, still have a lot uh, to accomplish, Alright, really quick, before I go ahead and uh break down everything else, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Um, follow fight on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast, and follow me at Serge Vicente. Show you boy some love. On Twitter, it's at the Serge Vicente. So, um, check the show out, uh, on the, the website, the uh, www.thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and every place where your podcasts live. All right. Um, look, we, I talked in depth this week about what happened to Robert Whittaker. It's, it's totally sad. It seems like he, Again, they said his colon and his intestines were literally coming through his stomach. Um, now, I kind of went in on them last episode, and, and I'm still not happy with Robert Whitaker. Fam, hernias are not something that just pop up. And I don't believe that you're that tough that you just didn't feel it like, oh, I didn't know my stomach was coming like my ass was coming through my stomach. Like, how do you not know that? I don't get that aspect of it. And I think it's selfish of him to sit there and actually honestly jeopardize the card in waiting for that long. But look, I digress. I hope he ends up getting better. And um, and I really hope the best for uh, for for both for him in this future. um. Should Robert Whittaker be stripped of his championship belt? Now, remember, I told you guys, I asked Ariel Huwani this um, on his show yesterday. I spoke to him on the phone and I asked Ariel Huwani. I was like, Ariel, should he get stripped of his chip? Ariel said, "It time will tell, too close to believe, blah, blah, blah. Look, I understand Anderson's, a co- not Anderson, uh, Ariel's a company man. And I also understand that he has relationships that he has to cultivate. I get that. To this point, I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't have anybody. It's just me rapping to you guys. And, uh, when I think about it, yo, first and foremost, let's talk about this injury. This injury, if you look at it online for a sports hernia, and this is a sports hernia that is not the highest level of it. It, you, it's a, you know, it's outpatient procedure. You're in and out. It is six to 12 weeks recovery before you can compete again. This is not that situation. He is still in the hospital. They said he might be hospital up, uh, hospitalized up to two weeks. And for the one that happened this bad, I'm going to be honest with you, he is going to be out at minimum six to eight months. Dana White says oh, 12 weeks to be back. Bull. It's total BS. He's selling it. Strip him of his title. Today. He's not the champion we deserve, folks. He's not. He really didn't beat Yoel Romero. We didn't give Yoel Romero the chip strictly because he lost it on the scales. I don't have love for that, but look, I get it. He lost it on scales. They gave it to Whitaker. Whitaker has a huge fan base, so you want to keep that going. But he also... Has pulled out three out of his last four fights. He's only fought twice in two years. Against the exact same opponent. Dana White went on the post fight presser. And ripped. Um, athletes like Colby Covington. And, and a couple other guys. And he ended up saying how. If you don't. it's all This game is all about opportunity. And if you miss your opportunity. I'll snatch your chip. So I'll take the belt. Hey, man, Robert Whittaker's window was opened and closed, in my opinion. You cannot hold up a division for over a year. Let me let you guys in on a little secret. The middleweight championship belt in the UFC has not been defended since 2017. The last time a champion defended the the middleweight championship belt was when Michael Bisping lost his championship to Georges Pierre. Champions need to compete. And in my personal opinion, champions should fight two to three times a year. If you are not competing two to three times a year, the division moves past you need to be stripped of your belt. And that's all I'm going to say about Robert Whitaker. Um, what happens with Kelvin Gaslam in April? There is a slot in April. I would love to see Kelvin Gaslam fight um, Israel Adesanya for the legitimate middleweight championship. Now, it's probably going to be interim belt. It probably will be. But that's what I think and what I believe should happen. Alright, um, right, I'm gonna move a little bit past this I know I've been kind of um, going in on on the main event But I loved it, I really did uh, Oh, well, I do want to talk about this really quick um, Kelvin Gaslam was walking around last night Wearing the championship belt um, It was Henry Tudor's belt But he's rocking the belt And he says he's the champ because in wrestling If you don't show up to fight You forfeit the belt I'm not gonna lie I like it. I like the heel turn. I like the um that that is a fantastic way to bring attention to yourself. That's fantastic marketing, and it's fun. People who are mad about it are bent out of shape. It's silly. It's goofy. But at the end of the day, who cares? Uh now bigger concern is something that, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I rarely, if ever, uh, agree with Conor McGregor. But Conor McGregor put out a Twitter post, um, talking trash about. Kelvin rocking the two belts, which is kind of funny considering that's something that he did before he actually won the belts, so come on now, don't be a hypocrite, right, I get it, but he did say, and he talked about, he said he has worms growing on his face, so pretty much he's talking about Buddy possibly having staph infection, and I'm not gonna lie, I was looking at Kelvin this whole week, and I'm like, yo, what's that thing on his face? He had a thing on his chin, he had a thing on his neck, ugh, UFC, if he did have staph infection, I am so happy this fight fell through, because do not put sick people out there. That is disgusting. That is a health risk, and that is the last thing we need in this sport, man. So, uh, kudos to Conor for calling that one out, man. (laughs) All right, the rest of the card. It was cool. Nothing special. Um, I do want to highlight a couple things. Um, Obviously, uh in this fight card itself, um the this real quick the main card, right? Main card, Land of uh went ahead and actually got um he defeated Marcus Marino uh by submission due to Kimura choke at the very end of round one. And, Neither man really impressed me. And this is crazy. As entertaining as Lando Venata is, this is only his second win in the UFC. And he's been here for like four years. So, really, really interesting to see. But a good win by Lando Um, Also, Ricky Simon versus Ronnie Yaya. Super fun fight. Um, Ricky Simon trains up there in Oregon with like Chael Sonnen and those boys, um, solid wrestler, heavy handed, Ronnie Yaya, just a complete beast on the ground. Um, great fight back and forth action. Um, uh, Ricky Simon ended up winning, um, 30, 27, 30, 27 and 30, 25 on all cards. Um, what else? This is the fight that I think a lot of people were really interested in, and it was a lot of fun. It was uh, Montana De La Rosa, who is somebody who is, um, she's lost to Mackenzie Dern, um, she's lost to Cynthia Cavalio in LFA, coming up to the UFC, but it seems like she's finally coming into the to her own Beat a really, really tough and undefeated. Who was she? Was five zero Nadia Kasim, um, and she fights with the Australian top team. But great win. She ended up getting an arm bar, and she also won fifty thousand uh, uh, dollar post fight bonus afterwards. Montana Delarosa. I'm gonna give a little shout out to because she is a great story. She is somebody who had a child at 16 years old, and then she was able to pretty much um, from there, um, look, she dedicated herself to martial arts, and now look, man, 23 years old, she just got a 50K bonus on top of her win bonus, man, so uh, salute to her, and honest, and then the other one was Jimmy Crute defeated Sam Alvey by TKO, I'm going to throw up the young air quotes on that one, um, in 249 of uh, very the very first round, so what happened with that fight? Man, um, Jimmy Crude looked great, but he rocked, uh, Sam Alvey in the first round. Sam Alvey recovered, was getting to position. He was getting to his knees and then referee Mark Goddard called the fight off. Sam Alvey was not happy about it. In my opinion, it definitely was a quick stoppage. Um, it's unfortunate for, uh, Sam Alvey, but look at it like this. If Jimmy Crude didn't crack Sam Alvey and think he just, walk away and he actually followed him to the ground he would have finished the fight there so it's neither here nor there and the last thing i want to talk about is Devonte smith goodness gracious yo Devonte smith defeated dong Hong ma uh, by tko three minutes and 53 seconds of the very first round this kid is going to be the real deal um super explosive um he was the featured about in the prelims Went out there and just completely ran through, buddy. Please go out and watch him if you have an opportunity. Fun, fun, fun fighter, man. Um, but all in all, man, that was the UFC, um, two thirty-four. Great event, main event lived up to every bit of the expectations. Anybody hating on it? Like I told you, I told you where you can go. Go kick rock sideways. Facts. You can uh, as my mic messes up over here real quick. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Um, But uh, like I said, he can kick rocks. We're not going to end up having that. Um, It was a great fight. It was a great event for martial arts. Um, Salute to everybody involved. All right. I'm going to go into Showtime. Boxing was headlined by Javante Davis. I'm going to get into this fight in depth. On um, this week's show with Brandon Camille, he'll be on later on this week. So I really deep dive into it and the weight cut issue prior to the fight. But I'm not going to talk about that right now. Javante Davis goes out there and completely runs through Hugo Ruiz. First round, he KOs him with literally a right-left-right combination blast him bloodies up his face hugo ruiz has to take a take a knee doesn't um answer the 10 count uh fight was over very very impressive very quick victory but we have to think this and take this into account hugo ruiz fought three weeks ago um and he's also a featherweight so he moved up two weight classes to fight a a bigger man and he also fought a couple weeks ago is it impressive or isn't it or did he just do what he was supposed to do? Again, we'll talk about this later on this week. Make sure we pay attention to the rest of the five podcast episodes. Um, also this weekend, which was on the prelims for the Javante Davis-Hugo Ruiz, was the return of Erickson Lubin. Erickson Lubin went out there and knocked out Isha Smith. Isha Smith is somebody who has been on the uh, Mayweather team for a long time. He is somebody who is an extremely savvy, durable veteran, and he has never been finished in his boxing career, entire boxing career. He got dealt with um, Erickson Lubin dropped him five times on uh, in cruising to a third round KO victory. Um, salute to Ericsson Lubin. Again, I'm going to go ahead and bless that a little bit later on this week. Um, winners and losers of the week. Each week we always talk about the winners and losers, especially when it comes to post-events and um what happened with that. So, who are this week's winners and losers? You have to start off and say the both men in the main event. Anderson Silva, Israel Sanya, both men's stock goes way up. They are both here. They're both here to stay. It was the passing of the torch, but they should both get fans. They both raise the profile of the organization. They're both winners. Um, And then I have to go ahead and go with uh, Erickson Lubin. Erickson Lubin, as we remember um, about a year ago, he ended up getting a devastating first round knockout. He got knocked out by one of my favorites, um, uh, Jermel Charlo at 154 pounds. He has rebounded since then, and to beat somebody like Isha Smith puts him right back into the place where he was before he was derailed last year. This kid has a lot of potential, and um, at the end of the day, I cannot wait to see what happens with him and the matchups that are allotted to him in the future. So, um, all in all, man, those are absolutely the winners of the weekend. The losers of the weekend! Um, Unfortunately, I have to say this. Um... The champion, Robert Whitaker. No fault of his own. He was injured again. And now he has the stamina. He has not the stamina. He has the stigma of being a injury prone fighter. How are fans and the organization going to be able to get behind a man that consistently gets injured? And consistently misses events that we're banking on him being at. How do we do that? We can't. We absolutely cannot. Um, so I think he w- he loses the worst out of anybody in this. He lost a payday. He lost a moment for his legacy. And um, and honestly, I think he lost a lot of fans this weekend. So unfortunately. Um, Robert Whitaker is the fight podcast loser of the weekend um all in all pretty solid fight weekend man uh, I loved it it was a good time and um, and I can't wait to uh to see what's in store for everybody i can't see what i can't wait to see what's in store next for Israel Adesanya i can't wait to see what happens with Kelvin Gastelum um and i can't wait to see what ends up happening with Tank Davis and Erickson Lubin so a lot of great things happened this weekend man um it's been a lot of fun And uh, with that being said, man, that's about all the time I have for today. Uh, This is Serge Vicente. I am the host of the Fight Podcast. Um, We will be back this week with all the fight news of the week. I have a great interview, um, and that is with Troy Trouble Jones, the number nine ranked glory welterweight fighter in the world. He'll be on the show. Um, I'll actually be posting that uh, on Monday. So that'll be up tomorrow. Um, Brandon Camille will be back on the show again this week. We'll break down everything from the last week uh, and what's going on in boxing as well. Um, And again, we have some some more fire coming to you guys. Yo, let me know what you guys think about the IG Live or the IG TV. I'm going to be doing this weekly, man. I'm going to get all this behind me done i got i just ordered some uh some posters and some other stuff it's gonna be fire don't worry we got you (laughs) so that's coming up and um all in all man uh thank you for listening thank you for paying attention thank you subscribing let everybody know um subscribe listen rate this is serge vicente and you're listening to the fight podcast i'll catch you guys next time peace out